Thanks for checking in. This is part two of a previous conversation we had. Yeah, we have Brad and Tristan here again. And today, like we said, we're going to be going over some social media stuff, kind of what's coming down the pipe, maybe where we're going to be taking things, what to look for in the future. And additionally, we have some great questions that we answer at the end that you guys should all be interested in hearing. Very nice. <clears throat> Switching uh, topics a little bit. I had a but I was drinking with a buddy the other day and he was telling me about his situation. He's been trying to buy a home for years, three years now. Oh, it's a good thing he waited. Yeah, exactly. He oh, waited till no. the right time to buy. Um, but I, I won't I won't expose him fully, but I'll tell him the situation. So essentially he's been living at home for a really long time, saving up a ton of money. He has eighty thousand dollars sitting in his account. He's never invested the money in anything. He kind of kicks himself that he hasn't. Um, money under would the mattress. You, yeah, <laughs> literally yeah. money under the... Would you suggest to him to put all that money down on a down payment? Or do you think he should just pay the minimum down payment and keep that money and use it for other stuff? Because that's what I initially suggested. Because he's Minimum down payment. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. I'm going to say it, it depends on the person. It really depends on their objective. If he wants to be an investor and he wants to keep buying and going through other things, minimum down payment for sure. Yep. But if he's somebody that, like, I have a lot of clients that want to reduce their payment a bunch, don't want to pay mortgage insurance, uh, or just want to pay their house off ASAP, then slap down a fair bit of it. I wouldn't throw down the whole 80. You always want to have a slush fund, yep. but maybe put down 60 or something like that. Yep. A lot of people, I find, want to do 20% down because then there's no mortgage insurance, which is a big savings. It's a couple percentage on, off your house because mortgage insurance goes as high as 4 or 4.5% of your house. Wow. So if your house is 400 grand, you got to pay a $16,000 insurance premium to buy that thing. And, and what's, what's that... Um What's, what's that fee do or what's the insurance what the purpose of the insurance yeah so to i guess to explain mortgage insurance so conventional mortgages are 80 20 so the bank lends you 80 percent, you put in 20 percent. the second you want to go to a higher ratio so a larger mortgage and less money down to give the bank some secure security on that they need you to get mortgage insurance which is provided by cmhc it's a crown corporation basically the government's insuring your mortgage um they charge for that though so they say okay yeah you can do 10 percent down instead of 20 but to do so, you have to pay a 2.5% mortgage insurance premium. So 2.5% of your purchase price, or sorry, the mortgage amount uh, gets added onto your mortgage. Mm. Uh, or if you go as low as 5%, it is a 4% mortgage premium. And that gets put on there basically to allow you to drop your down payment. You don't pay it on the day of closing. It gets added to your payments. Your payment goes up by whatever, 100 bucks a month. Yeah, basically forward. the less money you put down, they say you're more risky. So we need you to get an insurance policy. And that is the in insurance is for the lender so that if you default, they get reimbursed. Got it. Right? Yeah. Um, about your friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to say, like, you know, yeah. when we're, we're maybe ragging on him here, we won't be too hard on him. Um, not like everyone always feels this pressure to buy. And even in some cases, they feel a stigma around renting or staying at home. Timing is everything. Like if you are not in a situation where you kind of know what you're going to be doing for the next five years, um, and if you have a really good rental or living situation where you can stay, save money, then take advantage of that. Like there's no, like buying is not always the right decision, even though there's this kind of cultural pressure that if you're not a homeowner, you know, you're, you're falling behind. I don't think that's necessarily true. And because money is so cheap right now, it's my opinion that you should put the minimum amount down. So that'd be 5% down. The reason being is every additional 5% you put down, yes, it, it, it saves you some interest. It saves you yep. some penalties. Maybe the effective rate of that is 5%. If you can't take that money and do better, you know, make more money than 5% on that remaining 60K, I don't know, you're doing something wrong. Mm. That said, 
clearly you have a risk-averse friend. They haven't put that money anywhere else, and it's gotten hammered by inflation. Yeah. Um, so he should put that um, in something like a property, and he should put more down because he's yeah. not using it for something else. Yeah. Me, exactly. who wants to use it for 100 different things, I want as much liquidity as possible. If he's a bit more conservative, he wants like a set it and forget it model, then yeah, maybe he should put all the, the money into the property because it'll save him on the interest rate. He'll also get some appreciation on the value of the home. Um, so while I jumped the gun and said he should put the minimum down, depending on his personality type, maybe, yeah. that, maybe that's not a fit. Maybe yeah. he should put more down. I think... We should get a scoreboard here. I think that uh, with his situation, that's uh, a little bit unique is... Uh, he, he's worried about being like house broke, essentially, where he's mm. he's buying a property where he has high standards. He wants to live in a nicer area. But at the same time, he's saying, oh, I kind of want to stay in that three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars range, which isn't going to get you many, many nice areas. No. So I'm suggesting to him saying, push the budget, push it a little bit, maybe get something a little bit nicer and then keep make that minimum down payment and then keep that money. So you're not house broke. Yeah. Do you, you think, yeah. am I wrong yeah, by I saying that? Or I, I agree with you. Yeah. Cause I you're going to make yeah. money in, in fl- like the, so, uh, the property is going to appreciate. Again, you're saying he's, he's pretty conservative. So having a slush yeah. fund would also make a lot of sense. Like maybe he finds that happy medium putting 10% down, yeah. having 10% in savings. Yeah. It, it's, it's really tricky. Um, it's a very scenario based situation. Like it's, yeah kind of what specifically he's looking for also the rental thing like i'm a big on advocate of saying if you got a good rental that makes sense for you owning a house isn't necessarily the right thing like a lot of people are like it's the best asset to have all this it's a good asset to have but if you do something with your money that makes you money right that a decent rate of return you, yeah. you do that and mm-hmm. make yeah. your money and just live in a rental like there's there's no requirement to own property to get ahead in, in yeah. life like you you can turn that 80k and some investments to something enormous over time yep that a house might not even achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing he has to think about is that the first home is not the forever home, right? Yeah. Like, hmm. he he needs to get, if he's worried about missing out on the real estate market, he needs to get a hold of something kind of sooner than later. But it doesn't have to be his forever home, hmm. right? I mean, we've moved multiple times. We've been in, in different yep. properties. Um, so, it. but the opportunity, and this comes from the refinance and the appreciation we're talking about, he'll have a better chance of getting the home he wants if he has a home currently. Right. Yeah. Right. That's where so much of the snowball starting earlier makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but if he just bought anything three years ago, <laughs> I, I know. he could be selling it and buying where he wanted to be. And, yeah. um, but that's, there's no re- re- rewind button. Yeah. Uh, and there's still going to be opportunities moving forward, yeah. but he's going to have to think outside the box, maybe an area that he wasn't planning on, um, or maybe a, a, 12 month timeline in a property to then move somewhere else and so on. Yeah. 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 Good advice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I, and I I relate a lot to what you said earlier about like the investing because for a long time for me, I was reinvesting all my money in gear. So I was buying cameras, I was buying computer equipment. And I feel like now I'm finally in a position where I'm like, okay, I have what I need. Mm, Yeah. I don't need to purchase more. I'm building up savings and I'm thinking about buying a property. So I'm like <laughs> yeah. getting into the market. But what, like my sister's also trying to buy a property right now and just seeing offer after offer after mm. offer just getting declined. It's discouraging. Mm. It's very discouraging. It's not, I want to be able to be excited about buying a property. I feel like even with cars now, you call into a dealership and they're just like, do you want it or you don't want to, you yeah. know? Yeah. I feel like it's the same way with homes right now. So where do you, what do you think I should do? 
<laughs> in my position, you know? Specific do, answer do, for you. Exactly. Like, do you think I should be running out and looking at every single property right now? Do you think there's going to be more options coming up later? I know you're not fortune tellers, but what do you see with the market? Is it going to... Is there going to be more options this summer, do you think? Uh, I think there'll be a little bit more that comes on, but I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. I, I think maybe the price growth levels will slow a little bit, but it's still going to continue to go up. Um, like, it really depends on your objective. This is kind of something we've talked about a few times. It's like, what's your end goal? What are you trying to do with this? And then you kind of go from there. Like I said, if there is an opportunity for you to make money somewhere else that you're more comfortable with doing, that do that. But if you're also in your head, you're like, I really want to feel like I own my place. Like I'm not happy to rent a condo. I want to feel like I own the condo. Then that's the movie you have to make. I wouldn't say the direct right answer. You have to pick and choose what feels right for you. Um, But it it doesn't hurt. Obviously, if you own your asset, it's nice to have. And for a lot of people, like it is a strong way to make money. You have a business, so it's a little bit different, right? Like you might have other opportunities to Mm -hmm. make money with a business. But if you're on a more standardized salary job, a home be- does become a bit of an investment for you and it becomes one of your more lucrative ones sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's worth for you to consider. Like if you're really wanting it and it, that's something, because I know a lot of people like they, like it's a feeling that you get basically by being yeah. a homeowner. And I, I found that the first time I bought a place, like my rentals I never cared about. And then I got a house and like I always felt like fixing things up and kind of mm. taking care of stuff and painting and working on it. And like I really enjoyed that. And it was nice to kind of have that stuff. Um, so if you want that, then I think you should make the move. But yeah. if you're like, if you're just feeling the pressure to do it because you're like, I'll never get in. Maybe you, maybe you do something like instead you go mm-hmm. you go buy an investment property if that's something you're interested in doing in a, a outer skirts area and then work your way back into buying the house you want. I, I feel like that's what I'm worried about. I feel like if I don't buy a house now, will I ever be able to afford one? That's that's my fear. That's a legitimate fear, man. I, I, I said this. Fear, yeah. I said this to my in-laws. I said this to you know my sister who's in Toronto. Like if you have an area in mind, I even said this to people a couple of years ago. Like the horse is leaving the barn yeah. on, on some of these locations. Like if you want to be on the peninsula, um, it's boss you, have to, you have to be realistic. Like is your income going to outpace the real estate? Like is your income growth going to outpace the real estate growth? Yeah. And for most people, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you said off air before we, we started here that you see yourself as like a Halifax, Nova Scotia, East Coast guy. For the rest of your life, true, right? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, you know. So you know you're going to be here, Jeez. right? And you probably have an idea of roughly where you'd want to live. Yeah, it's probably a good time to start feeling a little bit of pressure to make that so happen. The pressure is. I mean, I don't know if you plan on. to be in Toronto long term. I or, couldn't tell you what yeah, I'm doing tomorrow. Exactly, right? So that's a situation <laughs> yeah. where you shouldn't just be running out, slapping you know, right. down some money on a property. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to think, am I going to be here three to five years? Um, and that's part of the decision making. But I think you're right to feel a little bit of pressure. I hate to say that. Yeah, and, no, and this is yeah. part of our challenge out there selling houses. I don't feel like, any better now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, you know, I have people who have taken their time over the last 10 to 12 months and all that's happened is the market's gone up mm, yeah. 25%. And yeah. now the area they had in mind is not really an option. Yeah. Um, so... I feel like it's a great learning opportunity too. Like now you're going to step into a new phase in your life where you're going to get all of these questions that I asked them answered by doing it. Yeah. You're going to gain experience. And then this is how my mind works. And it's the reason why I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, where I'll be next year, whatever. I've already went from St. of X to London, England. Now I'm in Toronto and I thought I almost came back to Halifax, but I said no. And so I just no idea. I think it's just like that new phase and you're going to learn something and nothing's permanent. Yeah. Like you can always, I guess, in my mind, you buy the house. Oh, I don't like it. Sell it next year. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and during a down market, it sometimes can not be that simple, right? Mm. Because you can take mm-hmm. some losses, mortgage penalty fees right. and all these those things. But, you know, real estate is a very sound investment and people right now are a little bit worried about purchasing like at the height of the market and, and things yeah. like that. But I always tell people, um, you know, you, you can always rent the property. And if you're looking for yourself, once you're in the home, up market, down market, first and foremost, you've got a roof over your head and you got a place to live. Yeah. So if the market dips, would you rather it dip while you're in, you know, a nice home that you're comfortable in? Yep. Or would you rather it go up and down while you have no property anyway? Mm-hmm. Like you might as well get into a property as long as you've got some predictability where you're going to be in the next three to five years. Sounds yeah. like you're going to buy a house. It's sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sold. <laughs> Take the first one. I like the yeah. idea of the the duplex, like uh, from the last episode, yeah. uh, talking yeah. about having... You know, having a tenant on one side, living on the other side. I think that's what truly, really interests me. Yeah, it also gives you the flexibility. Like, if you do decide to jet off somewhere for an extended period of time, you rent out your half. Yeah. Mm. Right? Or whatever, your, your portion of the home. Uh, There's so. also all these other models. Like, Airbnb didn't used to exist. Yep. Right. right. Like, what, what you can do now to really hack a house, you know, cash flow-wise, mm-hmm. while not even having to really live with a tenant. Yeah. You know, th- these were things that weren't available 10 years ago. So, yes, it's a different market, but... Um, you know, there's there's still opportunities. Ooh, house hacking. That's a that's a trigger word for our TikTok <laughs> friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> <a> trigger word. <laughs> yeah. They do love Free that. Houses. I had uh, yeah. one more question about yeah. my situation. Yeah. Um, I have student debt. Yeah. I have a car. Yeah. Does that play a huge role in getting a down payment? And what would you say to listeners who are also in that situation who still want to buy? Yeah. So yeah, that does play an impact in there. And it depends on kind of what your payment structure is. Um, but it's something you really need to consider. And this is like, even what we've said before, like you can't even buy a car between the time you accept an offer, the time you close on a house, because it can impact your mortgage. But mm-hmm. all mortgages are given out on a debt service ratio. Not Well, yeah, all mortgages are. And it's the idea of how much debt you can actually pay for. So they take, a, what's the ratio of your income? 40%? Yeah. Roughly, fl- less, but yeah. Yeah, roughly 40% of your income can be utilized towards that but they also factor in your other debts in that. So 40% of your income is 1000 bucks, and then you already have a payment that's $200 and $300. They're only going to factor in $500 towards your mortgage mm. approval. Um, different banks will do different things. And then when you look at a duplex, they might be able to include that rent from half of it to offset and inc- be included in your debt service ratio. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, that's where the benefit can come in. Um, but it is something to consider. And this is why I say to a lot of people, like, be careful in getting too crazy with a vehicle when you get started. Um, and the student loans, and sometimes I've had it where, okay, there's 20 grand left in your student loan and you have 30 grand set aside. Well, it actually, for you to get approved, you pay off the student loan and then you only do 5% down on the house and you can get in that way and you get your, your ratio up and everything works out. Right. Um, but yeah, it's something to consider is what your outstanding debts are because that will really impact your, your abilities. This is also where a broker can come into play and kind of help you. Yeah. To look at your, your whole picture and give you some guidance. Cause I find the people at the grade A banks. Again, not to rag on them constantly, but they don't usually help, I find, that much on those pictures. They'll look at it and be like, nah, like you just didn't hit the criteria, so mm-hmm. we can't approve you. Or the broker might be like, okay, we can do this. We can right. move this around. We can open a line of credit that can cover this off. Uh, we can close, and then we'll flip it back, and you're good to go. But that is definitely something to consider. And the less debt you have when you go to get your first place, the better. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, you can also look at hacking some of those things down, like yeah, changing what would be your the car payment. Yeah. Um, depending on the nature of your student loan, if it's federal, you can often call them and, and get it reduced down to like a new lower minimum payment. So that obviously helps because they're looking at how much money goes out 
of your oh. income every, every month. Okay. Um, you can even do something that's a bit more complicated. Like you can effectively refinance your car yep. and, and, and yeah. um, change, change your terms on it to lower what might be a 550 payment down to like 350 And that $200 a month will make a dramatic it's 40 change. grand. Yeah, it's a dramatic change on your mm. pre-approval. So these are things, again, you can talk to a broker about mm. um, to take a situation that might be like, okay, and, and put it into a really good situation. <clears throat> One final question about my situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as you guys are, like you guys are business guys, you only claim X amount of dollars a year as income. And I do a similar thing as well. Keep some of it in a corporated account. Yeah. How does that look for me as far as like, my service <laughs> debt ratio because I only pay myself X amount of dollars where Men I'm making yeah. more. X yeah. amount more. So this is something that I, we both face a lot, um, <coughs> but where you're starting out, this is where you really want a broker involved. B lenders will look at your whole picture and that's what happened with me. Cause again, all my realtor income is going to the corporation. My personal is very, very, very low. I wanted to buy a nice house. Um, and so they just basically took my realtor corporation and me, seeing as I'm the sh- <clears throat> sole shareholder in the thing, yeah. all the income goes to me, all the income that goes in there is technically labeled with my name on it. And they're able to use that as an actual income to approve me. And they're just like, yeah, we understand that if you need more money to pay this, you can just draw it out of your bank account mm-hmm. uh, whenever you need to. Um, a lenders will do that a little bit too. A lenders will do a bit, but they're going to want to see two to three years of financials and yep. they're going to want to see some like, stable, like stability too. Like if you, let's say make 50 grand this year, 75 next year and a hundred, they're probably either going to take the average of your lowest two years. They might do an average across the board. They're not necessarily going to average the top two. Some do, but on average, they're not going to give you a great setup on that. Whereas a B might be willing to do mm-hmm. the top two or the last two sort of thing. And they'll be a bit more flexible. It's also the reason why, like we're coming to tax season, right? Like I don't know yeah. if you filed your taxes yet for 2021. Um, <laughs> have you? <laughs> <Brad>? <laughs> um, no, but uh, <laughs> you know, this may be a case where if you're thinking about buying a house, you pay yourself more this year, yep. right? Yeah. There's so many people who's like, oh man, this is great. I got my income down to next to nothing. It's like, well, then they want to buy a house and like, oh shoot, maybe I should have paid a little bit more income tax to be able to afford a home. Yep. Um, so again, this is sort of like planning what you think you might be trying to accomplish in the next 12, 24, 36 months, talking to a good broker and, you know, short-term pain of, of eating it on some increased income tax yep. for a bigger game. Like, you might be in a situation, like I'm not a big RRSP guy. However, you might be in a situation where you pay yourself more, take some liquid cash, put it into an RRSP. Then you get, um, you know, a rebate on your taxes. So you kind of yeah. net that out okay. And then you can take the RRSPs out as, a, as your... Penalty-free, um, tax-free. Yeah, to, as, as a, down, a payment. down payment on your first home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are things that you start to strategize when you know that buying is on your horizon. And this is something that a mortgage broker would... Like, yeah, good you one. with a good yeah. one, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll and any good agent, and sweet, yeah, yeah, nice, cool. yeah. Well, guys, I I don't have anything else for you, I got everything off my chest. And yeah, let's get into the was, mean tweets then. Well, yeah, what do we got? Was, uh, I'm just trying to, there's some more mean tweets or some questions. I, I got a question for you guys while you're scrolling there, yes. Um, because we we sort of shopped around when we were trying to figure out our marketing plan moving forward, and this whole social media it, it's a new way of doing business mm. that obviously you guys have leaned into. Um, it used to be like there were gatekeepers to all these things, especially um, the marketing world. But early incarnations of like the digital space, like there were gatekeepers that sort of f- seemed like they had the hold on on certain things. Do you feel now with social media, um, marketing is going in a different direction where it's less about 
who people know and, and that there's more of an avenue for young guys who are just straight up creative and that the content will win out? Well, I would ask, what's the context when you say marketing? Because my brain goes to who am I marketing for? Because that, that's going to depend on the strategies or content and how big of an impact social media today has. Right. Okay. So, for instance, if I'm trying to position an individual as an influencer or a thought leader or an expert, this is I'm going straight content. But then what scares me is I went to St. of X for a marketing degree haven't touched anything that I learned from those four years. I'm not hating on the school. Yeah. I'm just saying now it's just all content. It's all thought leadership, voicing mm-hmm. your opinion. And how do you position that? Yeah. The old style of marketing is like white papers and PDFs. Billboards, and, and, buses. And, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, landing pages to collect info so you can run email ads. And, the, and these big yeah. firms that would have it's like different. buying discounts because they bought up a certain amount of ad space all the time. Yeah. And it kind of felt... You know, because we looked at some bigger firms or houses, whatever yeah. you want to call them, and yeah. um, but now it sort of seems, and this is not something I know you that don't need it. Don't you don't need it? No. And these barriers, even like video production, that used to be a thing. Where now you've got so many tools right at mm. your disposal. Yeah. Um, music creation's the same way. Yeah. Um, it, it just seems like a changing game. A thousand percent. Yeah, it's 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 totally different. Um, I feel like. 90% of advertising is on your phone. That's where you're, that's where you're looking. Um, and the content is constantly switching with what yeah. people are engaging with. Like mm-hmm. three years ago, it was photos. Yeah. Instagram was photos. Mm, right. That's yeah, all it yeah. is. And if you open Instagram now, it's all videos. Right. So it's, it's yeah. very interesting to see everything change, uh, especially in the advertising space. Like with you guys, we've been pumping the reels. Yeah. Uh, which boosts the engagement so much. So it's it's constantly adapting with the new trends. But um, yeah, I don't think that these huge marketing firms are going to stay yeah. as hefty as they've been for, for so long. I think that there's a lot of young guys like me and Tristan who grew up on YouTube, grew up with YouTube tutorials. We've been able to have all, all this access for so long, ever since I was... 10, I was making videos, mm-hmm. you know? So it's... Uh, do, do you know what social media has done, though? It's just increased your discoverability a thousandfold. You like, can um, you can have five followers, which is just everyone in this room right now, and yeah. you can put out a video that gets five million views mm-hmm. from people yeah. in India, China, Pakistan, anywhere Whatever. in the world. Yeah. And, and that's just... And that's, that's what this new age of social media is doing. You no longer have to run ads if you don't want to. Yeah. If you make good content and say stuff that people want to listen to, you'll get found. And then one, sorry, one last thing I want to say about content is why I really love what you guys are doing is because you guys are creating content with what you guys love. And I think for any other listeners out there who potentially want to create content, want to do essentially what we, what we essentially Mm do, like you can, I, a barber of mine just got a brand deal just by posting him doing his haircuts. So I I think it's beautiful what you guys are doing as far as like leaning into what you guys know and creating content. I think there's an opportunity for everybody to create content and and grow and build an audience. Mm -hmm. And and, and I love what you guys are doing. Definitely. What do you guys think is kind of the next thing? I know that's hard to predict, but I always look at this like, you know, I'm a, I'm a late adopter and the real estate industry is a real late adopter. So as soon as I saw realtors start doing this, yeah. Right. Right. And, 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 and like people that? can't yeah. see what I'm doing if they're not watching. But the little thing where you point 
to the words. Yeah. As soon as I saw realtors doing that, I'm like, okay, that's over then, obviously, right? Like, yeah. because if, if it's now being adopted by our industry, that's not the thing anymore, yeah. right? But that was a thing, yeah. right? So, like, what do I you think? What do you value think? based content is king. So, with your guys' page, every post that we make, we, we're trying to teach somebody something new. Um, sometimes the trends that I see some realtors do, uh, I don't think it, it might get views and it might get likes, but it's not truly giving their audience value. So at the end of the day, those trends where people are pointing and they're being funny or whatever, um, true, true value-based content, I think wins. And and I'm I'm not trying to hate on that. Like people think it's, we, Mm. we were just very specific, like, oh man, we don't feel comfortable doing that. Correct. It, it, it's it wasn't not what we were what trying we were to do. Doing. Superficial. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I just want to jump on that. I think value-based content is when you give access, you give your audience access into your lives. So I think going live on Instagram and whatever, and, and while you're making a sandwich and acting like you're on FaceTime, but with one person, but you're actually on live with a hundred think that's the next I thing. think like my that's the future my favorite content that I watch is when like imagine your favorite celebrity or movie star or whatever just started posting content about their day waking up what what is their like me and Chandler man. driving around pissed off yelling on the phone correct eating a sandwich just you guys like, remember the app I told you about we're going to talk about the app that I have in okay. mind off, remember yeah off where off. it disappears yeah anyway <laughs> it's 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 as as the more access that you can give your audience that's what they want you know, you say that too. This is funny. I feel like um, China is oftentimes on a little bit of the head ahead of us on the trends mm. for like technology and that vlogging and yeah. like like when I say vlogging, I don't mean like making a weekly one hour vlog. I That's mean right. like literally, like you're saying, live streaming your uh, life, yeah. what you're doing yep. is hugely popular over there. Hugely yep. popular, and it's starting, like you said, it's starting to happen here. And it's a mixture, I think, of people living vicariously through others, correct, doing yeah. what they want to do, and also just a curiosity level. Like, well, video game streaming is not dissimilar to that, and neither yeah. is reality television. Where if you look at about probably reality te- television is fifty percent, maybe more if you count sports, the it's probably like eighty percent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, just hooking something up and just yeah, that's yeah. what it is. So, so if you can get comfortable enough to open yourself up to the public to be judged. You, that's that's how you're going to be successful. Doing your like, I'm trying to force myself to do daily vlogs or take take a, a story yeah, of us, yeah. take a story of us before we're doing this. It's just to let it can come off as vain and it can come off that you're full of yourself and you're why are you showing everyone your life. But sick abs, bro. It's it's <laughs> interesting. You know what I mean? It's so like, like, come on. So that's good. So that's that's where we're headed. But what that's I what I would say about like the future of content, I think it's getting shorter, especially on the yeah, phone. We gotta we're gonna talk about this app when we get off here because it's like man. it's like seven seconds, fifteen seconds, Attention twenty seconds, and then quick. There's the long form, which is getting longer and longer and longer. Like Joe Rogan, top podcast in our world, three hour episodes yeah. every time. So I think it's I think it's someone a mix. said we need to talk for longer. Most, most people I've had respond to us have said we need to talk for it's longer because they want more access into your mind. Yeah, well, that and then on the flip place. side, I had one. <laughs> okay, you don't want to be. You don't want to hit my mind. God damn. Uh, um, but uh, I bumped into someone in the office yesterday, and they said we should try and shorten them. But she she was also a very uh, I guess like she's a realtor, so she's kind of running around and she was struggling mm. to get through them. But on average, I think most people have said they want to have longer. And I find like, if I'm enjoying a certain type of content, whether it be YouTube videos or whatever. I've been kind of looking for more because I remember like maybe three to five years ago, YouTube videos were four to eight minutes. Yeah. Yep. And I always felt like I was excited for it. And then I right. always felt like I didn't get enough. Yeah. And now any 
big producer on YouTube is doing 25 minute long videos yeah. and it feels a lot better. And, and you saw the, with the Kanye documentary that came out, I know you're not a fan of Kanye. No, I, I, I respect <laughs> Kanye as, a, as an artist. Just not right. That's right. But, but like, imagine this is how my brain works when it comes to content. You guys are going to be able to watch these podcasts back in 20 years and oh be God. like, God damn, oh God. look oh at man. where we were and, and where we came from. Look at my yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so but like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that cootie guy who filmed everything going back to That's like right. the late 90s. How sick is that to go back oh, and man. watch? It's, it's yeah. all about documentation. Okay, cool. yeah. So the more that you can document your life, your audience is going to enjoy watching that documentation. Thought yeah. leadership, expert thoughts, whatever. So two things. I'm like, is this going to get split into two episodes? Do we just do our two episodes? Second thing, I would like to hear, if anyone is still listening, if this gets out there, if people would be curious to see stuff like that. Like, I don't know if people are here have registered in North America that they want that yet. Like, I don't know if people are actively understanding you that mean they like want vlog-style, like vlog live-style stuff. Oh, I think man, I think, I think they have that. That is reality television. Yeah. That but, is live streaming. Like, and I was really curious about this because I, I met this guy one time, and he was actually at St. Mary's. He was playing ball, um, football. But he was big into video games. He was, like, mm. skipping his classes, playing video games. And I think his girlfriend was like, you should try to make money out of that. And he doesn't compete. He's like, oh, there's a big difference. I'm not a competitive gamer. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not even necessarily that good relative to some other people. But I just play and people engage with my personality. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's, it's, it is work. It kind of is, is fake sometimes. But they just like to, you know, engage with them. And, and my kids, they watch the same stuff. I'm like, you're just watching someone else play the video game? I, I know. <laughs> it, it blows my mind. But I don't play video games. But I, I watch, watch sports. They're like, you watch someone That's else right. play basketball? That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. You know? It's because they're better at it than you are. So it's fun yeah. to watch them. Yeah. yeah. But even, oh, I know with the video gaming stuff, like, it's not even they have to be that much better. It starts to become their personalities that people fall in love yeah. with. Oh, totally. yeah. Like, I know a couple of my friends do it, and, like, they're just funny guys. And, like, they're good. Obviously, they're great at the game, but they're not like on the top 10 list of the world or anything, but they're very funny and they, people love their personality and they love to engage with them. Um, but I was going to say the reason I'm like sort of on the fence still in North America, I think it's going to take over. I'm hundred percent mm -hmm. with you guys. I think it's going to get to the point where like this, where I'm obsessed with the VR and the metaverse stuff. Like I think mm. it'll literally get to the point where people are trying to vicariously live through people. And like the top content producers will be walking around with like glasses that have a camera. Sure. And literally the rest of the people will be watching what right. they're doing through a VR set. That's far down the road. Mm -hmm. But in today's market, like I find, I see guys do like, Instagram lives and stuff like that. And I feel like the check-in ratio is low. Like I'll see like yeah, a few people pop sure. on, but I feel like it's almost like it's like awkward. Like I feel weird. Sometimes I click on, I see you pop yours up and I, I opened up for a bit and sat on That's there. Right, because like, you know that they know that you're in the room with them. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, it's just us two. Just watching me. <laughs> when there's like, right, some, when there's like, some, like 20 yeah. or 30 people, I'm just yeah. like, they can definitely see that my name's on the screen right now yeah. and that I'm watching. It's a I also sometimes weird. feel bad for them. They're like they're hopping on live and like only like 10 people are watching. I'm like, yeah. Ugh. Now I think TikTok is doing a better job at that because you can scroll through your TikTok and here's the discoverability aspect is I can come on to someone's live that I don't even know who they are and they have 25,000 viewers mm -hmm. versus Instagram. It is kind of just your friends that right. you get notified about. Um, also, I want to say for the record, Instagram's dying. Yep. Instagram is becoming the Facebook. Facebook oh. is where all the grand my grandmother's on Facebook. So Facebook used to be the, yeah, the yeah, cool totally. place. Then we all ran from our parents and went to Instagram. Mm. And now guess what? All of our parents our are on parents Instagram. On Instagram. <laughs> and that's why we're all running to TikTok. Instagram's dying. Get on TikTok if you're not on TikTok. Oh, and man. brands brands <laughs> are taking I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't get well, left behind. So, so we're gonna talk about this app more. Um but I kind of had this revelation where Facebook was um, almost documenting and cataloging. 
right? Here's a photo dump of my trip that I went on three months ago. Yep. And then Instagram was more, um, and, and there was a lot of a filler of like people posting stuff. And there's just too much filler. People realized we want the pictures. The pictures are short. They're consumable. That's right. And that's where kind of Instagram took off. Yep. And there was a certain voyeurism to Instagram where you would follow people on Instagram that you wouldn't necessarily friend. Correct. There's a difference between following and friending uh, on Facebook. And with Snapchat um, and TikTok, it just got quicker and quicker. That's right. And people like the idea that something might be happening in the moment, mm. right? You take a picture of your meal on Instagram. This was like an early big thing. For sure. And it's like, boom, that is where I'm at in this moment. This is what I'm eating. And people like that voyeurism McDou- in, that, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, needs first. Um, this needs is first. why I sort of feel that the new thing is going to be similar to, to live vlogging. I hadn't thought of it as a continuous stream, but this instantaneous, if it's not posted now, uh, it disappears. It can't be posted again, like in the moment. Correct. Um, I think there's an opportunity to like, just throw live on while you guys record. Just cause like those, those diehard fans that, uh, you guys have on Instagram and TikTok, they'll just, they'll, it'll, it'll show up right in their feed and they'll get that uncut, version of it that's gone mm. after yeah yeah and that that drives engagement engagement like one cool thing about instagram is if you are on all of the surfaces so if you're doing reels if you're doing photos if you're doing stories and you're also doing lives instagram pushes that stuff even more so going on all surfaces on all platforms if you're on tiktok doing the stories on tiktok doing the lives on tiktok it boosts all that stuff so in, in your guys's case i would say where you could see uh, use of the lives would be during the recording, literally throwing the iPhone on uh, a stand and uh, people or, will be able to yeah. see all your guys' bad jokes that you guys cut out or whatever. Mm. All the raw, raw stuff. They're even worse than the ones that we don't cut out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. um, but I think there's an opportunity I'm there. Super, again, like if someone's listening, like would you be interested, even like when we filmed the shoot at the 8 unit, Yeah. like walking through that, like to be honest with you, I think if we did a raw walkthrough, if it was just filming the whole thing, because uh, we're still learning to be on the camera, obviously. Um, the raw stuff off the camera, I think was really good. And I think once we got on the camera, we got a little nervous mm. or it's just a little, like we get a little Agreed. bit scripted and you know what yeah. I mean? And so I'm like, people love that. Remember stuff. when we first got there right. walking around talking? Like, yep. I feel like that would be awesome. If we could live that at the same time as doing our shoot. Yep. But is, is there a place that when you live it, it automatically then converts to a video after? So people on Instagram, get, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So then it automatically goes to a post. Yeah. You could, you well, can post you them right download away. It. I think you can download yeah. it, right? You mm. can, you can put it right after once you're done the live, it gives you option to post God, that's dangerous. The, the actual recording. It is, it is dangerous. A lot of people get in trouble for it. Yeah. Like uh, Paul Pierce um, oh. went, went live <laughs> one, one night. And Did it, you know? Oh, that was so good. No, no, strippers. Just, he was partying <laughs> with girls and money ESPN and drugs dog. and then yeah. lost his job. And, no yeah, way. Yeah, and he good. leaned into it, too. He's like, not sorry. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. well, you're not employed either, but he doesn't need the money. So shout out to the truth. The truth. Okay. Well, for, for sure. Chandler and I won't live those. But, but I agree that in... in, in, in that's the benefit of having a talented videographer is that the post edit, you can do a lot of magic in the post edit. You can add sentences, words in between the, and you guys make our jobs great because you're well-spoken, but I've seen some people take a word from the end of the podcast to put it into the sentence at the mm. beginning of the podcast, just so yeah. it makes more sense. It's yeah. all storytelling. I watched a really good breakdown of uh, Gary V. And he's like, man, all I do is I just have this crew that follows me yeah, the entire day. 24 hours. He's like, and at the end of the day, they've turned out some nuggets in there, but it's yeah. inherently raw because he just goes and around. And it's genuine. And you do that consistently. Talk. Yeah. You yeah. start building your. My uh, gears are turning right now, man. I'm like, yep. 
where to go with this now. Love it. I think, yeah, another cool idea, again, if someone's listening, hmm, tell me if they'd be interested in this, but if you brought your deal on and we just raw talked about it, like that's something that we think like, someone, because we have so many people, I feel like, that message us asking like, here's my specific deal yep. that I'd like you to oh, review. Oh, yeah, man, we never got back to that guy. Oh, like, we, we have questions. We do have questions. Uh, oh, so and we, we got, do and that we got quickly? To, did we do yeah, the let's bang a few of these yeah, off. We did at the beginning okay, a little yeah. bit. Um, okay, so... This, these are two questions from the audience, and also if you're listening to this and you have questions, put them in because it's a great opportunity. For Especially in the comments, man, because comment, we see them way easier yeah. in the comments. Comment, we see them way easier, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. That's mine and Tristan's job yeah. to uh, look at the comments, give them to Chandler and Neil. So if you have any questions about anything at all, comment, yeah. and uh, we'll make sure Whatever. that – or if you want an episode topic, I think that's a big thing too. We, yep. we look at all the comments. Mm-hmm. We look at everything. So just let us know, yeah. and then we can forward that to uh, the boys. So this one's from Andre Aikens. He says, uh, I just listened to season two, episode 10, and I was really interested in the idea of buying a single-family home and adding a basement suite versus buying a duplex mm-hmm. because of how fast they are appreciating. What are the main items you look for when viewing a home to know if a legal basement unit slash suite can be added? Do you have any documentation or links? I am I assume there is more than just zoning, so I was curious. Yeah, so a lot of it's going to depend on where they're writing from. Um, we are in the process of a complete rezoning here in Halifax. So if you've already been captured in the first phase of that, which is sort of peninsular and downtown core, you already know as of right what you can do. Um, effectively, in all those core areas, they're allowing a secondary suite. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There is more than zoning to it, but it, it is getting cleared up quite quickly. Um, you just have to do a little bit of due diligence to know in that particular area, are you going to be able to do this as of right? For example, in Fairview, you can automatically add a second unit, no questions asked. Most of Herring Cove, Spryfield, same deal. Downtown Dartmouth, same deal. Um, just as of right. Now, it's important to understand that being able to do it isn't the same thing as having it approved by the city right all the time we hear this oh well i'm in this this zoning so i just put a secondary unit in there and i say no it's like a driver's license right just because when you're 16 you can drive you still need to go and get a driver's license so just because you're in the right area that you can add a secondary suite you are still going to have to go through the process with the city and i'd like to give them a simple answer of you know here's how you know instantaneously but it is location by location it's getting cleaned up a lot of it's really clear now um but depending on where he's looking, who, it might be. Who does he go to to get that driver's license or like Well, the actual planning to? approval is going to be through the um, planning and development arm of HRM. Um, yeah. But first and foremost, whether or not he can do it, a lot of that information is available online or, you know, consult your realtor. They'll be able to guide you through, um, you know, the center plan is what's being applied to a lot of these areas okay. right now. Yeah, and I was gonna say, unfortunately, like a lot of people want to get the permit before they close on the property, or before they firm up or make an offer. Yeah, not You're not gonna be able to do it. You basically have to look at everything and make sure that, based on the rules that you can see, it fits all those requirements, and then go forward with that. Unfortunately, you just can't get a guarantee in time to then make a bid on a mm-hmm. house and buy it. Um, but that's again where your realtors should come into play. They should have a good understanding of what it takes, and they can go through and be like, "Hey, you need to do this, this, and this. Ceiling heights like this. Windows are like that. Uh, your your sewer line goes out here. You're gonna need a pump." Like they should really give you the broad overview yep. that can allow you to make a, a fairly confident decision. Of course, it's not a guarantee, but it's as close as you can get to doing to it being a guarantee. Sweet. Okay. Um, and the last question, uh, Neil, you sent this over last night. Yeah. Question. It's from Nathan McKinnon. Is, it, or is, there, is that the, the McKinnon the we're legend? talking about? I don't think Nathan McKinnon has. Was it social media at all? 
No. No. Not anyway, Nathan McKinnon, the hockey player. Do you know Nathan I don't know. I do, yeah. Player? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Nathan McKinnon, whether it's him or not, so um my fiance and I are saving up to buy our first home. It's not Nate here. It's not him. It's not Nate the Great. Um and have talked about buying a fixer upper in order to build up some equity. Since the price of a single-family home in Halifax is increasing so rapidly, it's taking longer and more time to save up for the down payment. My question is, since essentially all of our savings would be going towards the down payment and closing costs of the property, how do we finance a renovation after buying a property? Mm. Is this Mm. something that can be built into mortgages, LOC, or should we just have, should we save a mountain of cash to pour into the renovations (laughs) once we are able to buy a home? So all of the above are options. Um, so this is something that they can do in different ways. So right off the hop, like we talked about, A, B, and C lenders, your different levels. Uh, a lenders will give you purchase plus, it's called, and that's up to 10% of the purchase price. So if you buy a $300,000 house, they'll give you thirty grand towards doing renovation. Exactly. Yeah, you can get some exceptions to push that a little higher, but yeah, good rule of thumb. Yeah, good rule of thumb is 10. It can go a little higher, but they're not super keen all the time. And you got to make sure you have a mortgage approval that's high enough to, to suffice it. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, too, they're going to hold the cash until you're done. So you usually need to hire a contractor, explain to them that you're in mortgage plus, and you don't get the money until the work's done. So maybe you can give them a little bit to get them started, but they might have to front a kitchen for you, and then they can get the release from the bank and you can pay them. Um, the next option is B lenders and they're willing to go to any level really like they'll do 150% of the property cost in reno as long as you have an appraisal showing the values there. So for example, my lake house, that's what I did. I bought the house. I needed a reno almost worth the exact same amount of the house. Um, and so they gave me a hundred percent reno on top of my purchase. Wow. Um, but it's cause I had an appraisal showing that the end value once I do this reno is X. And so they said, yeah, no problem. We'll give you that. So they then they lent me up to that point mm-hmm. and I get draws. So it's a large amount of money. So obviously I'm not waiting till I'm done. I do 25%. I call an appraiser. They come in. They say, yeah, he's done 25%. Then the bank releases the money and I get it. And I keep rolling forward and I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Something for Nathan to keep in mind is you still need to put a down payment based on the renovation amount too. So yeah. if you're doing 95% financing, meaning you're putting 5% down, if you add an extra $30,000 to your mortgage, you're going to have to put 5% of that 30000 also down into the mortgage. So he's now creating a picture of, you know, if you max out your pre-approval, they are not going to add additional mortgage funds for renovations. So you need to now... Um, get a fixer upper that falls under your pre-approval so that you can add those renovations in because yeah. alternatively you're looking at B lending, which is, is certainly an option. Uh, or you are doing things like putting it on a line of credit. And there are people out there who have taken a short term variable mortgage, um, purchased a property, thrown everything on a line of credit. Maybe they can secure a line of credit for $60,000, mm-hmm. renovate yep. the property, um, carry that debt with minimum payments, and then refinance the property at the end and pay off the line of credit. So you can do it. Um, you just need to be very careful of how you um, line up those products because if you go out and you get a $60,000 line of credit before locking in your mortgage, yep. all of a sudden, boom, you've just killed your borrowing ability for that mortgage. Yep. So you effectively have to get the mortgage secured and in place and then go out and get a line of credit after the fact, which may be tricky. Mm-hmm. So he's in a difficult situation there, but there are some some things he can do. There's one last option that I've taken for a lot of my stuff and some of my clients have as well, and that's private lending. Interest rates are insane, 10, 12, 14%, but they will be very open to negotiating and figuring out a way for you to get into it. So mm-hmm. if you're very confident that you can buy this place and get the work done in three to six months, they might be willing to give you a very high leverage ratio 
knowing that you can get it done as long as there's an end value. Basically, if you walk into a private lender with an appraisal saying it's worth 500 grand, they'll give you pretty much up to 400 grand, no problem. So if you're buying a place for 200, they'll give you that other $200,000 and you can run with it. Interesting. But you got to understand that they are you're making interest only payments on that money, which can be four grand a month. Uh, and it's it's intense. You're paying no principal down, and you're on a short timeline. If you got to extend that six month period, you could get slapped with another ten thousand dollars in fees to do it. The interest mm-hmm. rate can go up. Like they yep. are, they're making money. So Makes you got to factor that in. But if you're prepared to do it, I have contractors that are. They buy houses and they're fast. Like they're literally in there working themselves, swinging the hammer. Uh, they do that because it's very easy to get the money, and they're willing to kind of give them really large sums mm-hmm. really quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that answers. Uh Nathan's yeah. question. And then the NHL Nathan, I'm sure he doesn't save up for his. I think he built a giant house in Greenland. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think he's all right. Yeah. He's good. Okay. Awesome. Well, I let us know if you guys like this this episode and because uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun for me being someone. Like I'm excited to watch it back. Yeah, do you guys want to throw out your handles and anything else that you're up to that's exciting? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at T underscore Ross4. Follow me on TikTok, T E E Ross five. I gotta switch. I'm trying to make that more <laughs> consistent. But yeah, I'm 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 out there. Tristan Ross, uh, find me. It's, uh, I'm always open to talk about stuff. Uh, captured by Brad is my Instagram. I don't even know my TikTok to be honest. Um, but yeah, you can just <laughs> uh, reach out if you need anything. As far as uh, honestly, w- what I really want to lean into more is this podcast stuff. So yeah. um, creating these clips. We've only been working with you guys for a month. It's been yeah. an absolute blast to see the growth, to see the engagement, the hate comments. Uh, and I want to I want to keep growing. It's fun. That. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. I think it was super fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know if you like the engagement for between us and kind of how it was going. I think if we if we get good feedback, we'll definitely be doing one mm-hmm. uh, with the boys, Mark and Jamie here at BNV. Just same deal. Kind of chatting about what, what we're doing, what they're doing for us. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're super pumped. I think we're both very happy with how things are going. Like we're, we're excited to see yeah. it grow. And I think everyone hopefully listening is interested to see it grow That's as right. well. I'm glad you didn't pick a big marketing firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's no, good. thanks guys. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. And if you're on Apple podcasts or Spotify, give us a rating and send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at master keys podcast. See you next week. When, 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 when I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh.